Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act 1, Chapter 14. It has been an eventful few weeks as the party began making forays out into the larger Briarstone complex. They've put down some haunts, for the moment at least, took care of a beastie or two, and Gulliver managed to successfully scout his way to the heart of the first floor and locate Administrator Lissandro's office. Though, of course, there is some weird shit going on in there. Last session saw Gulliver swarmed by undead fetuses and harassed by ratlings as the party struggled to hold off what could have been an overwhelming encounter in the library. But you pulled through, and rather than hunt you down, the ratlings seemed content, at the moment at least, to let you leave. They used their magic to scare Gull away and to put a rat swarm between you and them, so perhaps they might not be operating on the same level of bloodlust and hateful aggression that the doppelgangers have demonstrated. And you know the ratlings have language and some semblance of a culture of some sort. Now you sit on it, now you sit on it. So perhaps they are a new sort of foe in this nightmare place? We will have to see. You retreated back to the chapel to sleep and recover spells and channeling. Poor Ray was nearly completely tapped out at the beginning of this day mm-hmm. due to having single-handedly put down the wall of crying fungus. And you helped the survivors erect a new barricade between the west wing and the entrance hall in case there was any pursuit from the north or new foes emerging from the east or the outside. Before bedding down for the night, we had a little chat with young Bates who was very interested in Gulliver's toys and hungry for some way to pass the time. And then Dora tapped into the memories of the mysterious violin and learned that either it or its former owner has the ability to create magical powers by playing it. And our players learned that this story that we're telling together is happening in a universe that includes our very own planet Earth. So since you are back in the chapel and can rest peacefully, I'd like to move us forward to day five of the campaign, the morning of the 28th of Lamashan. We do have a couple of rolls to make and a little info to learn about what happens overnight, but then we can just pick up on the new day. Everybody cool with that? Yes. Yes. So first of all, natural healing. Y'all are second level, so with the bonus granted by the magic of the chapel, you would heal three hit points overnight. If someone wants to make that DC 15 heal check to provide some long-term care to the group, a successful check there would mean healing a total of five hit points. When does that happen Uh, at the end of day four? Because I have spell slots from that day left over and could use Burst of Insight to boost my wisdom to help with that heal check. Great. So I'm going to talk about that heal check and uh, the heal check to help Ray with his disease. Let's think of those checks as being made on the day that we're wrapping up, so day four. Great. And that the actual check against the disease happens on day five. Great. So we also know that Ray is heading towards what could hopefully be a game-changing check against the filth fever he picked up from getting rotting corpse juice in his mouth uh, 10 sessions ago. (laughs) Someone that is not the person making the long-term care check can make a heal check to treat disease to see if they can give him an extra plus four on his fortitude save in the morning. And if he makes the save, he's back to latent. So still two more saves away from actually being cured, but out of the woods in terms of being both sickened and fatigued. If he fails this save, he will become what is called impaired. Oh my God. 
which is so bad, I don't even want to talk about it. How is it any I different than how he is now? I don't even have a condition card for that. Oh, no, no, it's just, oh it starts getting into the zone of taking damage if you do anything, is what starts heading into that zone. Oh, wow. So, yeah. uh, am I the only one with a bonus to heal checks? Or I mean, have I, have a, I have a plus two, just because Yours I'm Yours is higher than mine. I have a plus four. So we're going to have Ray treat his own disease. Give me that heal check, buddy. Before I do, can I appeal to Winter for an aid on this heal check? Mm. That's interesting. So I'm not asking her to use her magic. She's currently spending her day worth of heal check on wrapping up the situation that Erwin is in, which will be, thanks to the healing that you provided, Ray, will be wrapping up basically today. She's finally approaching the end of the men's stage there. But I think it would be fair enough to say she could provide aid to you without compromising what she's doing elsewhere. If you want to basically go over and ask her for some advice, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. So right. Could she do that for both of our heal checks? Is anybody down so much that we need this long-term healing? To I'm down heal? no hit points. I am down zero hit points. I, I'm down a little, but, e- but with even with just the three that we get back, I'm only down two. Okay. At that you, point, you so. could be up to full, so it's worth trying. Okay, but it's a, but it's a difference of two hit points. Now, okay. is your fatigued and sickened condition affecting this heal check negatively? Yes, thank you. Does it make it lower than a plus three? Yes. So Dora should do that, and Ray should try the. And I should get the aid from. From Winter to winter. do that. Yeah. And then so, Ray can try to do the long-term care, since it seems like Grip can take it or leave it. Yeah. I mean. There's no reason why Gulliver can't try to help somebody. Absolutely yes. no reason. Could you also aid his... I mean, I have a plus check? zero. I can... But I, it, it's, it doesn't hurt if I fail, right? Correct. Right. I have one more spell left today, and I can use Cure Light Wounds on you. Oh. So done done. I think we're going to be fine. So let's not worry about that. What if instead of that, what if you healed up Erwin so that she was totally healed up so that... Winter's healing time was instead totally focused on Ray. You want to do that, Ray? If that's a bargain that Winter is willing to make, it and is. then I can attempt the heal check for long-term care to try to get Grip and up to Yeah, Mars. I think that's a better use of your spell okay. than two two hit points for me. So that's four points. Erwin is healed. So Winter mm. can then. Would you like to have Winter make the actual heal check to yes. treat disease on Ray? Yes. yes. And then you all will make the other check and aid yourselves yeah. internally? Great. Here goes Winter. Boom. You got it. Sweet. So let's do the long-term check. Do you want to try to aid me? Yeah, I, I'll help you because I don't really want to touch him. Thank you, Gulliver. No. <laughs> I think you're going to have to touch him. All right. So uh, Dora will cast Burst of Insight and make this check did not do it. All right. So then the only person who's down hit points is Grip, and he'll just heal three overnight. And, it and, so, like and then, yeah, I'll be at 22 out of 24. So overnight, we learn a couple of things. Number one, Nasa, after taking a shift at the new barricade, comes in and informs Winter, who informs you, that she started to hear distant weeping and noticed that yellow fungus is starting to sprout rapidly from the chunks of rubble and pieces of furniture you jammed into the doorway. It's probably going to be completely recovered again by around midday, day five. At the same place it was? Yep. Not great. Number two, a small little detail. When Tolman brings the two kids, Brenton and Maeve, in from the other room so they can all sleep peacefully, he settles them in under the statue of Phrasma 
and sings them to sleep with a haunting little lullaby in a language that Dora learns that she knows. What is it? Osiriani. Words about ancient Osirian. No, current modern Osiriani. Words about a fair maiden finding rest and peace in a desert oasis help rock you to sleep as well, Dora, while the flocks of birds from Brenton's shadow lanterns soar over the chapel ceiling. Mm. Also, it seems like Bates has taken a turn for the better and is ready to join the other kids, and he actually settles in next to Tolman as well overnight, and it seems like he's going to start to make the transition to hanging out with them in the what's basically become the playroom rather than in here with the injured people. So in the morning, Grip gets his hit points from rest. Everybody gets their class abilities and spells back. Ray's feeling a little better, so let's make that fortitude save. No, no dreams this night? No dreams when we're in the chapel. Oh, right, right, right. right. Now you get to add your f- plus four from your class thing and plus four from the heal check that Winter made. And what's your base fortitude save? Plus one. Great. So it's a plus nine. Plus nine. Minus two, because I'm still sickened. Jesus. Do you have any shame points left? <laughs> I do have some shame points left. So. I do feel I do. bad about I was just listening back to an episode where I had said explicitly, if we called them action points, still no yes, go on I this remember. sickness save. But we, when we, since we're calling them shame points, I think it's fair to use them on a <laughs> save against illness. You're so bad illness. about being sick. You're like, oh, I'm not I know. I, will, I wish I helpful. could have thought <laughs> yeah. more in these Come on, buddy. These encounters. Roll it. Natural 13 on the die. What's your total? Plus nine. Plus nine minus two plus seven. That's a 20. You are back oh. to latent. Yay. 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 So huge. So what happens now that he's latent? He has to still make these saves every single day. If he makes two more in succession, he's cured permanently. No more fill fever. But if he ever fills one, he's, he's, back he's to- right back to this state he's been so, in. So if he, if he saves the next one, but fails the last one, he's back yep. to impaired, not impaired, but the sickened and... Yes. Fucking brutal, man. Hey, speaking of fucking brutal, <laughs> <laughs> I've got some terrible news oh, for you please. folks. Lay it on oh us. So overnight, as you slept, the places on Grip and Gulliver's body where the hungry flesh made contact with oh. them have turned red started swelling and are beginning to sprout little angry black welts. Our friends have contracted a disease called tumor infestation. Fuck that shit. They feel a little woozy and even more unsettling. You start to feel thin. Your personality is draining away. What if we don't have much personality to begin with? (laughs) Then you're golden. (laughs) So now during the fight, I I will say, I actually didn't remember about Gulliver's ability to make fortitude saves twice against disease, so I want to Start right now by actually giving you the opportunity to make the second save retroactively. Johnny, okay. give me a roll. Right. Make the save, and you actually don't progress to the carrier stage. That's a natural six for a total of six, so <laughs> I'm going to say I probably... Okay, so you are both in the latent carrier stage, and... I don't uh, get a save? You no, already he, made. You already yeah. failed the save in that fight a few weeks ago. <laughs> but now it's time to make the actual saves for today. If you make it, you chalk up one save on the two that you have to get to get cured. If you fail it, uh, shit's gonna get bad. This is Fort. This is Fort. Is this what that ominous chat message was about? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> I was like, don't get too excited about diseases going away. You're like, wait for it. I was like, what the fuck? Oh no, Robert. Oh, no. Um, 
Well, it was a two on the die. Oh. Um, now my this is my this is my save, so I have a plus seven, so that's a nine. I mean, I don't I don't know if if you if, gotta, a, if a fifteen you gotta, if a fifteen would be a potential save, but I guess I gotta. I feel really bad about how poorly I feel. <laughs> uh, eleven, total Ooh. of eleven. Guessing that's not enough. All right, you are weakened on the physical disease track and weakened on the charisma poison track. The charisma poison track? So let's hand Robert those sickened and fatigued condition cards because he now has both of those. And let me look up the charisma portion, which I bet is not going to affect him. It's not. I mean, I don't rely on that a lot. Minus two penalty on all charisma-based skill checks and ability checks, and none of the rest of it applies to you. So if you ever make a charisma-based check, you're at minus two. Oh, boy. Now, Gulliver. Here goes Gull. A 10 and a 13. So I'm going to take the 13 and I'm going to use a shame point added on to that for a total of uh, 17. I feel pretty good about my 17. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> you don't have any choice, do you? I could use two points of inspiration to up it again, but... You going to do it? Nope, I'm sticking with my 17. You've got one successful save. I assume these stack. They do. It's so awful. It was it was bad enough for Ray, who does some melee and some other things, but for someone who just does melee, it's it's really pitiable. All right, so that's where we're at on the morning of the 28th of Lamashan. What's the plan for today, folks? And this is the fifth day? This yeah. is our fifth day. So midday the yellow wall is going to be back. Correct. Is it possible for Dora to use psychometry on it before it reforms to figure out how to permanently destroy it? Mm. So as I read the skill unlock, concentrate for one minute while in physical contact with an item or location during which she receives flashes of insight regarding the subject's nature. So my feeling is, especially since we're leaning into the fun of these psychic skills being involved with what we're doing here. Like, that seems totally fair. You could do psychometry to attempt to divine the means to permanently destroy this haunt. And if you succeeded the check, you'd get that information. You say destroy, I say put it to rest. Put it to rest, sure. I'd like to do that, if no one minds. No, I, I, I don't mind at all. I like that idea. So you're gonna go out to the hastily erected barricade leading to the entrance hall which as you get there, yes, indeed, it is about half covered again with a yellow carpet of thick pulsing fungus that reeks of ammonia. And you're going to touch it, yes, and sink into that dark place in your mind and make a perception check. I'm debating whether or not to use that spell, which will put me down one spell for the day. Use it, if it, if it helps us figure out how to get rid of the thing. I will use it to give myself plus four on the check. Uh, I got a 26. Excellent. And I'm dazed. So as you sink your hand into the fungus and sink your psyche into the, the psyche of this haunt, you get a strong sense that what is powering the anger and aggression and rage of this particular haunt is a revulsion 
with self. A sense of self-loathing, self-hatred, a feeling of wanting to both hide and destroy oneself. And you get an image of, you got an idea? I have an idea. What's your idea? We found a mirror, didn't we? A small steel mirror. Yes, many, Gulliver's, many Gulliver's got it. And it, it is an eye. Yes, in the in the wall there is an eye. When the haunt is fully formed, it this opens as an I eye. This is what I was getting at with the hungry flesh, with the ghost sound of trying to yeah. build upon its own shame. What if we put the mirror up to the eye when it forms and made it see itself? You get a very strong sense that that would certainly cause something to happen. Something <laughs> good. Yes. Yes, I'll, I'll take Here's it. Here's the mirror. Yeah. Great. So that eye won't come back until about midday, but you know that when you want to return here you'll have mirror in hand for when you face off with the haunt as it fully restores. Fascinating. Gulliver wants to just posit the idea that even though this thing is a barrier to us exploring other parts of it, it also offers some protection because nothing is going to Yes, it is also though, a drain it. on resources to keep diminishing it. Really badly needed resources. I mean, taking it out the last time put him down. That's what yes. drained a lot of you. Uh, and right. there are children around. If it's allowed to manifest fully, things happen. People can't watch people all the time. It's so It must dangerous. be put down. I think so. Right. Uh, knowing the, what we learned yesterday in gameplay about the joy-making, I um, feel like Ray is... Still thinking, he's like thinking of all the stuff that we've encountered so far since we woke up. So much has happened in four days. There was a group of corpses, doppelganger and human, lined up near each other with strips of flesh torn off and laying down Correct. together. Yes. And up in I don't, the nurse's station. I don't remember ever rolling a knowledge religion check on that. I would like to. I think at this point, after having experienced Dr. Oath's days, makeshift surgery, you would probably associate that whole activity with that surgical manner in which Oathsday was taking corpses apart, laying their organs around, experimenting with them. It seemed to be more of what the doppelgangers were doing than some sort of religious expression. So it's like the OCD of a surgeon, not the religious ritual. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, if we are to move forward, we have only two options. Could uh, attempt to traverse the library, or we could go out the door to the courtyard from the one office where we found the uh, corpses with the ring. And yeah, well, so the door to the courtyard out of the entrance hall, and there's also a door that goes outside out of the visitors' room. Here's the entrance hall. Yeah, and there's a door that goes out there. Obviously, yep. we've thrown things out that to the door. South, and then this way, mm-hmm. there is also this room that we explored. Yep, and there was a an exit near or in that room yes on the east end of the big entrance hall there is a door to the north that goes into the east courtyard that's the one i was talking about not this one we're not going well there's also a door in the visitor's room (laughs) oh there is yes but the east courtyard is where we wanted to go that was one possibility you discussed yes other than dr lissandro's office Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which (laughs) we have found we have found (laughs) but getting there that way feels very very difficult Gulliver would have mentioned in a very sort of quiet, shameful fashion uh, <laughs> that he went into the office of Dr. Lissandro and experienced the, what, we, what did we describe it as, a unicorn suicide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
giant cloud of rainbow mist in the middle of a pool of blood. So I don't relish going outside. Is Has the weather changed? Last yesterday it was like acid rain. It is raining today, but there is no ominous thunder and there doesn't seem to be any hiss to the rain today. So there's no weird sounds or smells, at least in the area that you are at right now. But we could expect fog outside oh, the yes. yellow mist. Um, but there's also the idea Potentially that, not in the courtyard. Yeah, the creature that was outside might not be in the courtyard. Right, because if the theory is that the mist surrounds the asylum, perhaps the interior courtyard is somehow protected. I don't know. Could we see out that door to see if we saw mist? I don't remember if you opened the door. I don't think you did. And there weren't any windows like facing in to the courtyard that we were able to see Correct. Although I will say... So the windows on the west side of the library would have faced the west courtyard, which is where that door that's across from the boiler room leads to, mm-hmm. and that just seemed to be all fog. And when you were up in Los Sandro's office, two of those windows were facing the north courtyard, all fog. So, oh, and I guess the east windows in the library would also face the east courtyard, yeah. fog. Yes, so, fog in all the courtyards. Fog in all the courtyards, but not necessarily some sort of giant Cthulhu-type creature that would snatch a fetus out of the air and well, I hope it. there is. And we didn't come here for there not to be <laughs> oh, a giant man. creature. Yes, we did. While we're, while we're looking at rooms that we have not yet explored, there is still two offices right next to the chapel that you've never been in. One is where they keep the kids, but one is one that you've just, you've had no, you've yes, just simply bought Yes, we should past. take some time today to look through that, mainly to see if there's anything that can help with all these illnesses. Yeah. If we don't want to go outside into the courtyard, the Raxings didn't seem interested in following us. Do you suppose there's a chance of asking for passage hmm. if we want to get to the office again? Interesting. We may have something they want or be able to get it. Do we still have a fungusy, stinky, piss-soaked book? You want to check and make sure it's in your pack there, Gull? What? And that what? nobody's fucked what with book? it? The book, Gull, the book that you picked up downstairs. The one that we checked out without asking you. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I still got it. As you look down in your filthy sack, where that book is sitting. <laughs> My filthy sack. <laughs> I've never said fetuses more times than I did last week, and this I've never week said it's all filthy about sack. filthy sack. <laughs> As you look in your filthy sack at your piss-soaked, fungus-covered wizard's tome, you notice that. A whole bunch of the fungus has scraped and rubbed off, and you've got kind of a little half-inch pile of rotted, ashy fungus remnants. It seems like it is actively dying off and getting rubbed off as you walk around and have adventures and fall down. So is that good or bad, or doesn't... It's just a fact. (laughs) It was apparently worth noting. Do with it what you will. It might be more <laughs> valuable to those rat. There might also be other books that don't belong to anyone in one of these rooms. So you want to check out the chaplain's record room? Yes. Yes. Is that the is that this one? Yes. It's right next to where they keep the kids. Yeah. It's just two doors away from the chapel. So it's a small ten by fifteen foot room. Candles are arrayed before a violet wall hanging embroidered with the shape of a spiraling comet. There is a wall of bars dividing the room in half, north to south, locking away a row of filing cabinets. Oh. You can also see hanging on the wall 
next to the rows and rows of filing cabinets are a series of flails and cat of nine tails in implements obviously used for self-flagellation. Is that a tenant of Phrasma? Knowledge religion? Eleven. That is not common, but those that practice that particular practice do so fairly aggressively. All right. Um, it, 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 is it unlocked? It's locked. Is it, is it trapped? You want to give it a look over there, Go. I, I sure do. Do it. Perception traps, that's going to be a 25. Excellent. So it does not seem to be trapped, and you don't even need to make the disable check with just a simple taking 20. You can actually pop it open. On the other side of the bars, the filing cabinets are filled with what looks to be decades and decades worth of patient ecclesiastical records. Mm. Now, in order to protect patient privacy, there is no identifying information with any of these records. There's obviously some sort of coded system that he used to use when he kept these records in case they ever had to be referenced. So this is not a place where you're able to determine any useful information about folks based on like a a plow through of a few minutes of looking at the stuff. But you do find inside one of the cabinets several deep purple cleric's vestments like the one that the ghoul was wearing in the wash basin and a small wooden box engraved very finely with a another spiral symbol. Dora will cast Detect Psychic Significance. Nothing unexpected. Let's say one of the lashes was particularly significant oh, to somebody. No. All right, it feels like you as a DM are telling us that we're not going to get any useful information out of these records because we wouldn't necessarily be able to pair these records up with anybody in particular. But if we know that, for example, oh gosh, I can't think of his name. Zandalus. Uh, Zandalus has been here for years and years and years, years and years and years and years. We would at least have an idea of like, where are the really thick file folders there can't have been that many people that were here for decades. Or we could at least ask NASA of like, how many people have been here for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Have any of them actually seen these records? Would they know anything about this system? So the amount of time that would need to be taken to make sense of what's in there is vast. It seems like if you wanted to try to talk to maybe Nasa or Mira, some folks who generally hang out in this area and seem to both know the institution and have their wits about them, about taking some time, plowing these out, maybe having them out and looking through them while they're on on watch, they probably would relish an, an activity and they might be able to make some sense or some order out of these faster than you could knowing nothing about this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone like Nasa who's actually been here 20 years would probably be a, a great option to like see if she's interested in, in joining the research crusade. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I would like to cast Detect Magic. Great. There's some magical auras leaking out of that box. Is it latched in any way? It is just a simple latch, not a lock. Would you mind... Gull checking and seeing if this is trapped in any way. Oh, yeah. Sure. A total of 23. Seems clean. I will open the box. There are six scrolls in the box. Now, with scrolls, the first thing you have to do is read them. If you have the read magic cantrip, you can do that automatically. Do you have that, right? No. Anybody have that? 
Nope. 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 So then it's a spellcraft check. And since we're not in combat and are in danger at the moment, you could easily take 20 on those. What is your spellcraft bonus, Ray? Plus six. Okay. Nice. So your spellcraft bonus is high enough that you could essentially take about 10 to 12 minutes and decipher these scrolls. You've got on your hands two scrolls of cure light wounds, two scrolls of lesser restoration, one scroll of sanctuary, and one scroll of remove disease. Oh. Hello. So these are all scrolls that Ray can cast because they're divine. The spells are on his class list and he's got high enough charisma. He would have to make a caster level check to cast Lester Restoration or the Remove Disease Scrolls, but those are really easy DC 4 and DC 6. That seems uh, worth it not to have our... Meat shield? Is that what you're trying <laughs> to dance to around? Tank. Not that I Hit knew it was tank points, um, <laughs> Now, before we use those, Aren't those also things that, like, those rat-faced creatures like? Yes, they consume them. Let's discuss that after we do the remove disease, though, if you don't mind. So, remove disease is a third-level spell. Right. Which is more powerful than any of the magic you all have. But it's still not like a zap, disease gone. You still have to succeed at a caster-level check against the DC of the disease, which we've learned is pretty high. Would lesser restoration nullify sickened and fatigue conditions? So lesser restoration with the rules that we're playing by, one of the reasons to use this system is to make poisons and disease an actual threat, and they give you conditions that lesser restoration can't cure. In this game, as long as we keep using these rules for afflictions, you're going to find it's just not going to be the go-to spell that in a normal campaign, well, every single cleric has that and casts a billion times. Got it. Do you have shame points left? I have a few. My feeling is... But we didn't come here not to cast the scroll, right? Right. We we should do it while you're not fatigued or sickened. Take advantage. Make hay while the sun shines. The first thing is you have to succeed at a DC 6 caster level check, so you're going to roll die 20 and add your level, which is 2. 11. You have cast the scroll. Now you have to make a caster level check against the DC of the disease. This is a die 20 roll plus the caster level of the scroll, which is five. And is this something he could action point? He can shame point it. Well, I'll definitely shame point it then. (laughs) Can we just load our save game from right before he made that check? No, let him concentrate. He's putting all the effort into this. Seven plus five. Yeah. Plus six. You have cured grip of tumor infestation. You magnificent bastard, I feel like a hundred bucks. So well done. Get these out of my face. That is so (laughs) good. Because, oh my God, buddy. Yeah, minus three on everything. On On everything. Yep, the pain that Paul has been in for 10 I would have been so embarrassed and so ashamed of myself if I hadn't made that. I thank you, laddie. You're welcome. So grip is cured. What do we want to do with this this day? Uh, Is it midday by any chance? By the time we do all that? No, it's it's morning still. But if you want to wait till midday, you easily could. I think we should wait till midday, use the mirror, and then set off. And if we're going to do that, then Gull will be spending this time searching through the different rooms, trying to find bits and pieces of detritus to build a a fake alchemical... Torch toy Slash for fidget uh, toy fidget spinner for baits. Great, awesome. So we kill the morning in that fashion. Get to midday, by which point the yellow fungus has completely recovered that wall, and 
den and Nasa have backed away from it and Dora approaches. Dora, no, Dora is going to approach Ray. Uh-huh. I would do this myself, but I, I rather think that if anything goes wrong, you might be best equipped to defend yourself and the others against it. Agreed. So she hands the mirror to Ray. Yeah, you, you got this, Ray. <laughs> Thanks but, for the vote of but confidence. But she definitely call. wants to watch, watch this from the safest possible distance. So mirror in hand. Gulliver is peering over Dora's shoulder. <laughs> I'm up there. I'm, I'm by the door with Ray. Okay, you're going to stay as close to it as with Ray gets. Like, yeah, like, well, yeah, like next to, standing next to him. So you're putting yourself in front of Ray. No, it's not what I said. Fungus. So you're running at the no, fungus. No, I am looking at Understood. <laughs> um, readied action to channel positive energy attacking this thing. Should it explode? Should. Out of you? Teeth start heading towards me to eat my face. You know, you can't really ready in action outside of combat, but understood that you're on the on your guard. I'm on my guard, and you've got your powers of positive energy at ready, the ready to positivize. And you're gonna approach with that mirror outstretched. Yeah. yeah. So you get within about ten feet. You see the fungus open up into that giant eye. It blinks, splash, huge splat of ammonia tears. What do you do? Zandalus. Splat. Look at yourself. What have you become? All of the fungus lights on fire and immediately turns to ash and sprinkles to the floor. And then you hear like distant echo off in the entrance hall. What have I become? What have I become? Then everything is silent and still, and there's no fungus! Yay! We killed Oliver Westinghouse, everyone! <laughs> yes, Mac. Oliver there Westinghouse is like the Monopoly guy. Right? <laughs> Good job, Ray. Well done. Thank you, that was terrifying. Can Would I you like this back? Can I have my mirror back? Yeah, thank you. So climbing back over the rubble into the entrance hall, and nothing seems changed from the previous day. All is quiet, all is still. All is creepy and ominous. Do we want to try to parlay with the rats, or do we want to go into the I'm courtyard? so intrigued by parlaying with the rats, but I think we should look and see what the condition of the East Courtyard is through that door if we can, and, you know, be ready. Okay. So you head to the east end of the entrance hall, and there's one of the doors on the north wall there that, you know, leads out into the East Courtyard. Wooden door, fairly nondescript, closed. Who's opened that up? Do you want to give it a once-over? Yeah. I'll open it, but if you maybe want to get yeah, yeah. it, I'll, I'll check it out. Great. You can give me a perception check. 14 plus 8 is 22, 22 for traps, and then 21 for just regular perception. You don't notice any anything. There's nothing about the door that is, it is trapped. It seems like it's actually unlocked as well. You do hear a distant sound from the courtyard, which sounds like a... <laughs> something winged. It sounds like it's circling over the courtyard. Yet another thing, we are utterly unprepared to fight. I don't know, I have faith in grip. It flies. I relay this information. Okay. And crack the door open and peek. You see, so the high asylum walls are hedging in what was once a spacious courtyard garden. 
Now the fog is present in this space that you would expect based on the little map that you got from NASA is probably about 40 or 50 feet wide. It's about maybe the size of the library. You can't quite see all of it, but the fog in this particular courtyard seems thinner than outside the front door. Like you can see maybe about 20 feet rather than just five feet in front of you. But overhead around 20 feet, it's, you know, thick and soupy. So it seems as though it is above the building, but not quite seeping at its full thickness down into this courtyard. Mm -hmm. You can see the windows on the left wall there as you're looking out this door, you can see the windows that look into the library. Mm -hmm. And you can see a little path winding through what was probably once very, very nice gardens, but now the plants are all dead and choked and warped and black and rotted. But there's a little path kind of winding off to the right, to the east, and heading north to where you have been told there is a shed that leads to the morgue and the crypts. And as you open that door, the sound of huge wings flying overhead gets more pronounced. Like it could hear me, or like it did it? Just like you no longer have a closed door between you and it. Having actually gone all the way through the library into Lissandra's office, how far is it between here and like the outside of that wall, like my guesstimation? Somewhere around 100, 120 feet. Okay, I will pull the door shut. Great. When I was out there, when I peeked through that, was there light or was it that strange sort of just like glowy yellow fog kind of thing? Glowy yellow fog providing enough light that a human could see. Great. Not, I don't think of it as day, but you know, there were, you wouldn't need a light source out, out there at this particular time. Was that the sound of the wings present when the pickled punk got thrown out and got skewered or eaten or whatever it was? No, is that, it was not. That does not seem related to what we This is a different time. sound than okay. you've heard before. And it, that was a different door. Yeah. Right, yeah, I, I remember that. I just didn't know if maybe... If it's anything akin to what we saw out that door, I don't really want anything to do with it. No, I don't. This does not leave me feeling comfortable walking outside, right? Well, then uh, our other option is to, you know, go kill those ratlings. What to try to deal with them? Again, we might not have to kill them, right? They might, maybe they'll want something that we've got. And they'll just let us pass if we tell them we don't want to fuck with them. They're neither doppelgangers nor ghouls. And they might not have anything to do with what's been going on They did not feel obligated to chase us. Yeah, I I, I don't like those things. I don't like them either, but I don't really think we're prepared to do battle with them. I, I bet we could fucking kill them, but if we don't have to, we, we could save the resources for something that does need killing. Hey, Gull. Yeah? I know that they took advantage of you. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. That, that They filled you with fear and sent you out of the room. I wanted to leave. Mm, come on now. I'm not the sharpest tool on the shed, but I saw that I saw you what running out. What I want to say, Gull, is maybe the best way to get revenge on them is to take advantage of them. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of fighting them and taking damage and possibly getting hurt again because we know they have powerful magic, what if you could use their greed against them? In what sort of way are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going to echo the the dungeon master and say, uh, in what sort of way are you thinking? Well, if we know that they eat and consume spells written on paper 
you have this book that you're carrying with you that we're not sure has other value than its collectability, but perhaps these rattlings would find it uh, a toll for allowing us to pass, and we would get one over on them. How did that stick it to them? They get a piss-soaked, fungus-ridden, empty book of shreds, and we get to go on our way without taking any damage. Get that. The box on your forehead, Ray, starts to warm up a little bit, and you feel a little tingle ping of heat on the corners of each end of that box. Does it feel like a welcoming and (laughs) uh, condoning heat, or a, like, you're lying, you shouldn't be lying kind of heat? It feels like a watch it kind of heat. Is that something we can see? Is no. it like smoke rising from his forehead? No, oh, no. We do also have. And just so you, just so you, Paul, understand what this magic item will do, it will never tell you when you're doing right. It will only tell you when you're doing wrong. <laughs> so you will never get support and warm encouragement from this thing. Like all it can do is tell you when you are veering away from the particular path you've decided to veer it towards. It's a shepherd. It's going to steer me. Yeah. Okay. With a stick. Chasing you a little bit. Right. So Ray winces and touches his head where this phylactery is tied to his forehead. What's wrong? Nothing. We know what the box does. Winter told us. Yeah. Everybody knows what the box does. That's between me and the box. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I believe there's a flaw in that plan because they're not going to wait to look at the book to find out it's not what they want uh, until we pass through. So if we don't want to try to fool them, if we want to actually try to trade with them, and this is maybe getting a little metagamey, but you had mentioned the Lesser Restoration is a not as crucial a thing. And we um, have two of them. We have two of them. Um, maybe that would be a bargaining chip. We could also just ask them what it is they want and go from there. True. Head to the library? I, I think we should. Yes. Okay. Before we go in there, Gulliver is going to drink one of his extracts. Does anything happen? When he stops moving, it sure seems like he's not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, so you're going to go to the library and open, just open the door and walk in? No. What, what would you like to do then? I'm going to knock. Uh, there's no response to your knock. So in Aklo, yes. Dora will... We've heard voices through the door, so we know that sound can traverse yes. the door. Yeah. We don't need to... Hello, Rattlings. My name is Dora, and me and my companions would like to traverse the library to get to the place beyond. Is there anything that you would find a suitable offering that isn't us in order to allow us to do that? We are ready to negotiate. No response. They're not there. Let's just go in. (laughs) I know you're very gifted and have many powers, and there isn't any need to conceal them from us. The other option is that we come in and just start hitting things. <laughs> Which I don't think either of us want. Not when we can both benefit to our advantage. Silent as the grave. Well, maybe they really aren't there. I'm gonna open the fucking door. Let's go then. <laughs> Dora will get to the back. <laughs> the room is empty. It looks as though, you know, you all saw the room for a very brief moment with the exception of Gulliver it's probably Gulliver who would notice it looks as though 20 or 30 books 
were pulled out off the shelves and removed. Since we were there last. Since you were there last. And the nests that they had been building along the top of the bookshelves have been scattered and destroyed. And the doors that on the north side of the room that led into that hallway that eventually led to the administrator's office, those are wide open. It's darkness beyond. It is silent and empty in this room. Shall we search? Detect magic. Detect psychic significance. No magic. I think there would be psychic significance, but nothing of campaign interest. There probably would be very... Books would get a warm tingle. Obviously, somebody loved them, or they taught them some something very special and important. Dora but, smiles at herself a lot. <laughs> I <laughs> doesn't mention it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing of note there. And as you just take a few minutes to sort of walk around and look at what you're dealing with here, it seems as though this particular library contains a whole bunch of books that look as though they were stolen from other libraries because they all have the stamp like property of the Cincomacti school, property of blah 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 in Caliphas. So Interesting. there is a lot of specifically information on the history of Ustalov, the history of Versex County, the history of Lake and Carthen, the history of the region seems to be the general focus of this library. And this is the first library we've encountered that operates under the research rules in the campaign. Now, using those research rules involves making a check after an eight-hour period <laughs> of, okay. of work. When we decide we want to take the time yeah. to go into that, you spend eight hours, you make a knowledge check, and you get to sort of attack the hit point level, the knowledge point level of the library oh, based cool. on how trained you are in certain skills. And I believe Dora actually has a I, campaign trait I that do. lets her make her even better at this than others. Yeah. So like we can we can get into that in detail that's when really we decide cool. this is when yeah. we're going to take eight hours to do. We're that's not really doing cool. that today. Yeah, yeah. But, you but do that's get the, really cool. You do get the sense that those would be specifically checks on information about the region and the history of the island and did the Winter asylum. Did Winter give us the name of the count she was looking for? Mm, did not, and nobody asked. Damn it. Okay. Uh, during this time, Gulliver is not interested in books or anything like that. He's literally moving from one end to the library stealthily as possible to get to those open doors to be uh, percepting as best he can while being stealthy. Awesome. Give me a perception check. Percepting. 25. Great. So we still have this map open up here. There's a hallway that goes directly to the north. There's a couple doors on the right side of that wall, one door on the left side of the wall. And you know, you can't see it at the moment because it's dark, but you know the door to Lissandra's office is about 50 feet up. Mm-hmm. The hallway to the left has got a couple of doors on the right-hand side of that hallway. All those doors, as you last saw them, are closed, and you don't see or hear anybody in this hallway. It's very dark, very still. Where did the pickled punks pickled come Pickled punks from? came from the left, they came from the west. There's still the trail of dried mucus that goes from the second door on the right in the north hall down the west hallway. And and those are that comes from the pickled punks, is that what we determined or that gull Did determined? Not quite determined that. That's it seems it, uh, it would, you would obviously put it together. It's somehow involved with them, but whether they secrete it or not, you don't know enough about and, them. To and know. The, just to recap very quickly, sorry that we learned that when they die, they explode in some way. Yes. Did we learn anything about their weaknesses or? No, it was a. I recall it was a low check, and he had one information, and that's the thing I threw okay. at you. We should probably check check these doors that haven't been checked yet. Yes. Yeah. Gulliver is going to move to the door that had the sounds of like scurrying creatures. Yeah, that's the first door on the right. It's Correct. about just ten feet away in that hallway. He's going to move to that one and listen at the door. 
Is everyone following? And we're going to need light from this point forward if we I, want. I'm going to do that same thing where I basically like unsheathe the, unsheath the dagger just a little tiny bit. Great. So he's using the faint light from his dagger to creep through the shadows to the first door in the hallway and then shuttering it off and then doing a good listen at that first door. Give me That's a check. That's the idea. For a total of 18. No sound, but there is a really unsavory, animalistic reek of musk and feces. The same stink that was there yeah. before? Okay. Yeah. He is also definitely watching the floor. Like he is keeping, like <laughs> looking for fetuses. Perhaps he is looking for for little tiny creatures on the floor specifically. Like he will like look around on the ground before he moves anywhere. Great. You can open that door. He's gonna check to make sure it's locked or unlocked first. It is not locked. He's gonna check for traps. Fifteen on the die for a total of uh, twenty-three. This doesn't seem to be trapped. He will stealthily crack open the door. Great. So there is an office about 15 feet wide, 25 feet deep or so, totally ruined. The room's sagging ceiling rests upon a bunch of sturdy bookshelves which seem to be like holding vast chunks of the ceiling up. There are some smashed chairs and a desk all around a very sizable fissure in the floor that looks about big enough for, say, dogs or dire rats to crawl up from below through. Now the area around that is covered in waste and you can see some smaller nests of the sort that you saw in the boiler room beginning to be built in the dark corners of this room. And on the right side, on the south side of this room, you can see there was a little hole, remember on the north side of the library? You can see that a hole has been dug through this room into the library that's only big enough for the ratlings, which again are tiny according to game size to get through. But it's currently empty right now and it stanks. I will move to the next door. Give me a perception check. A total of 25. Clean, quiet. There is kind of a pungent antiseptic smell. I will stealthily open the door. Great. So you see another doctor's office, exactly the same size. This one is not in a state of destruction. The the description in the book here is really fun. This would look like a typical physician's office if it weren't for the preponderance of grotesque anatomical sketches, (laughs) most depicting traumas and deformities of the head and brain. A sturdy display case stands open and completely empty nearby. So this is a doctor's office. You just poking around a little bit, you can find a nameplate on the desk. This was the office of Dr. Arash Chawar, which is a name I believe has come up at some point. Yes. Uh, Dr. Tuar was the person who toured Winter through the grounds when she arrived. Oh, cool. Great. And as you look around, it looks as though he specializes in hydrocephalus, which is a... Thank you, Google. Is a condition in which accumulation of fluid Fluid occurs in the brain. brain. It is wet brain. That's my guess. (laughs) And then there's this display case that looks as though it had at one point been filled with probably dozens and dozens of brains in jars and it's empty now (laughs) and you can see there's like one or two smashed jars on the floor in the front of it and some of this like trail leads right from this shelf out into the hallway and then down eventually to the west great so it looks as though 
The brains in the jars that had once been in this room were probably taken out of this room and hauled down the hallway to the west. So there's there's hmm. the hallway to the west, and then there's one other door across the hall? Yes, you want to check that one? I will check that one and do the exact okay. same thing. Tell me what rules you want. Just give me one perception check. would be great. Oh, that one's not going to be as good. Natural 10 on the die for a total of uh, traps, 18. Regular perception, 17. Not trapped. You open it up, and you see the remains of what was probably the doctor's lounge in there. There's a table and a well-worn couch that are all kind of crushed under rubble and you can see that only about like 10 feet away from the door there is a human hand extending out of the rubble like someone was in the room when the ceiling uh, collapsed is the human hand look like it's rotted or anything like that yes it looks like posing yes exactly you want to poke around a little bit no i am going to at this point the only thing that hasn't been checked out is that hallway that the the hallway to the west that the pickled punks came through? Correct. All right, I will go back to the library. Great. And I will let everybody know what I've found so far. And the nice thing about this short little hallway is as he's been doing this searching, you know, he's really only just 10 to 15 feet away from you. And he's making a little bit of light to move up to the next door so you can see him this whole time. He hasn't been essentially out of perception for you. The only other place that I haven't searched yet is the uh, this hallway, which is where those, uh, the fetuses came from. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't really want to get attacked by those things again, but I, I, I don't really think that it's a good idea for us to go into the doctor's office and then find that those things come up from behind us, because that, that, that's not good. Well, I'm, I'm sure someone else will go first down the hallway. Yeah, but if, if, I'm, if I'm in the back and they come up behind me, I, 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 I don't, I, don't I, I, think, I think we should check this other hallway first. I'll go down that's the hallway. If we'll, yes. put you, we'll put you in the middle if you don't want to be in the front or the back. That's fine. Oh, oh okay. Down the west hallway, and you've got dark vision, so you can see. You want to just give a listen at that door? Yeah. Give me a perception check. <laughs> perception. If he's going to do that, Gulliver will, I got Gulliver will like sneak up with him, kind of like you know, like behind him. Yes. Using him as a large yes. meat shield. Great. Sounds quiet. You want to open it up? Yes. There's two desks crammed into a fairly crowded small office. More space seems to have been dedicated to filing cabinets, bookshelves, and stacks of research than rooms for the occupants. But there are two small desks, one on the right, one on the left. Both have... Oh my god, were the two small desks for the fetuses? (laughs) Both have... (laughs) Really small desks? (laughs) The bodies of humans, one man on the right, a woman on the left, slumped over face down on the desks. They're both wearing doctor's coats. And you can see that... The back of their head and neck have been savaged, and it seems as though their brains have been removed. Are there names on their coats? Dora's, just for tracking purposes, uh, interested in were Oathstay, Latchkey, and Skane, did they turn into doppelgangers, or were they copied? So, comparing the size of the two offices you first looked into, those were clearly legit doctor's offices yeah. as like doors on his, well you see it's probably where the junior doctors had yeah. their offices so you know most a lot of doctors that you've seen so far have actually had their names fancily embroidered on their coats these two doctors do not they, they have like different I, I, uh, <laughs> I walk up to both of them and just go and on their heads just to make sure they're not moving they are not moving okay. <laughs> does anybody else want to come in and check it out with us now poke around the room I do Great. and I'll detect psychic significance just as we go through this hallway just in case anything Okay, and how about perception checks for checking around the room? 
Yeah, that being in this room is creeping me out. That's a total Can six plus uh, sure, seven absolutely. for a total of 13. Mm, less than that. Uh, 14. Okay, so this room is obviously gross and upsetting, and everyone is a little bit more disturbed by the brainless humanoids clumped there, but through a combination of the poking around and Dora checking for psychic significance and Ray checking for magic, opening doors real quickly and looking through you know, drawers in the desk and your senses being open to these particular auras alert you to the presence of some things that you might not have noticed. Tucked in the back of one of the drawers in the eastern desk, there is a wand and a holy symbol of Saren Ray. And there is a piece of twine wrapped around the holy symbol of Saren Ray, uh, connecting a note to it. Spellcraft check on the wand? Sure. I'll take the note. Uh, 19 on the die. <laughs> Do not touch this wand. <laughs> this is a wand of bless with 18 charges. Ooh. And the note tied to the holy symbol reads... What's in, it written in? It is written in Taldane. Nice. In a very fussy, precise hand. <laughs> Mr. Lance, this is a place of science, not faith. Please keep your religion at home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love that little detail. <laughs> 18 charges of bless. Yes. That's good. Do you mind if I hold on to this wand? You are the only one who can use it. Uh, while they're doing that, <laughs> Grip's a, a bit bored now. So he's he doesn't he's not into reading notes and wands or just fucking sticks. He doesn't understand. <laughs> so he, he's going down to, to the next door down the way. He's going to give a, a poorly thought out listen to that. Massive pile of rubble ends this hallway on the west end. It seems as though a giant chunk of the second and probably third story has collapsed right in this spot. But there is this doorway that, that goes north right near the end there that still seems to have survived. It's a 16 on that perception. Gulliver is, is peeking his head around the corner, like going like, where did, where did Grip just go? Great. It is quiet, but... As you're checking out the area there, Grip, the reek of antiseptic is intensely strong here. I mean, I I want to open the door. All right, you do. <laughs> Tell us what horrific thing he sees. It's the, the conference, conference room. room. <laughs> the most oh, horrific God, place of all. Meeting. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, once handsome wood conference table now sits marred by the partially toppled southwest walls between heaps of collapsed stone across the way. A closet door is standing partially ajar. You can see grip Not on the Not ominously at all. You can see grip on the floor. Smears and stains in this room going right from the doorway underneath the conference table and directly to that closet. Is there any way to tell how many distinct smears there are? No. Okay. It's so many <laughs> smears. It's really gross. It's the room of smears. They each leave their own color. <laughs> so I, I just, I, I turn over my shoulder and go, I'm going to look at this for a sec. And then I go in. Gulliver's and I, like... And the, so and Gulliver, I go, I go look for Gulliver's going to join him now? Absolutely. He's going to move to the, move to the uh, thing. No, i got to be in that room with you. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna come. You're gonna follow us. Uh, right. Yeah, in uh, case there's I will undead be in here. Just outside the room. Gulliver is actually gonna stand up on the table because he remembers yeah, that those puckle, pickled punks things like puckled pinks. The puckled pinks. <laughs> the pickled punks. He's like, maybe they can't climb up on this table and get me, despite their five foot reach. Hey, you never know. He's not thinking rationally. All right. So, grip, my friend. You're at that closet door. You can open that up. 
Yeah. All right. So you open that closet door and you see it's just a collection of weird. This closet has been <laughs> emptied out of whatever it used to contain at one point. There is a shelf at about eye height on top of which are piled 20 to 30 jars of pickled and embalmed brains and fetuses. Sitting among them is a fetus with a deformed head who is shoving a bottle of embalming fluid at you. On the ground below it is a human man in a doctor's coat sitting with his back against the wall. His eyes have been pulled out, <gasps> his tongue has been pulled out, and his chest is wide open. He's been posed in kind of a meditative position. Oh, dead. He's, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Okay. He's dead. But this bottle of fluid is flying at you. It does a 14 hit your armor class? No. Oh, you dodge out of the way as the bottle smashes on the ground, sending up this cloud of antiseptic reek. And let's roll initiative because we're in combat. Yes. I, mean, so this, um, I, I, I hate to even ask the question, but I ask feel like I need. Does that do anything to my sanity? This sight? <laughs> You didn't see them before. Did I not? Did I not see the pickled punks before? No, I think it, we just made Johnny check. No, no. Ray, Ray, and I had to check when it ran past us. I mean, I think I was out in the room when it got. Fair enough. You're good. Thrown into the thing. Okay. You're good. You're good. All right, let's roll initiative. What sound does it make when it pushes the umbrella? <laughs> Thank you. Vomits a little Thank bit. You. <laughs> it's very important. It's always my favorite image is the vomiting baby. Dora. Nine. Ray. Eighteen. Grip. Six. Gulliver. Natural 20 for a 23. So probably unsurprising given his level of anxiety and his experience with these creatures, Gulliver is going to be the first person to act. So we've got, we're in a 30 foot long room about 20 feet wide. Grip is on the far northwest end of it. Standing on the table are Ray and... Just, uh, just Gulliver. Gulliver standing on the conference table like a boss. Ray is standing next to him, and Dora is out in the hallway. Gulliver, you are up. What do you do? Can I see? What can I see? You, from the angle that you're at, no, it's deep enough in that closet that you would not be able to actually see it. You'd have to get probably to the west end of the table. You're on the east end of the table right now. I will now. run to the end of because I can see this thing like fly out from the. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can piece together what's happening. You just couldn't lay eyes on it. So if you take a, you take a move across that long 15 foot table yep. to the other end of it, you can get a bead into the closet. You can see the dead doctor, and you can see the pickled punk on the shelf, blah, vomiting as it's facing off with grip. I will mm. aim my alchemical torch right over grip's shoulder and fire away at it. All right. I know so it's teeny tiny, but you never know. It is engaged in melee with one of your allies, yep. so there'll be a minus four on that attack roll, but yep. give me that check. Absolutely. Are you close enough to resolve? Oh, no. Natural two. <laughs> okay. that a, is that a misfire? On a natural one. Okay. Explosion of gunfire, and Oliver was feeling uh, pretty amped, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's so like, ah. <laughs> Ray, you're up. Difficult terrain. probably get there in. There's very little room between the collapsed southern wall of this room and the edge of the conference table. If you want to give me, say, an acrobatics check to kind of vault over the table, you could do that. Otherwise, this this pile of rubble is floor to ceiling. There's not, basically no room to squeeze through there. Am I 30 feet from the pickled punk? Yes, you are. Okay. Can I uh, free action yell, grip, get out of there, they burst when they die. <laughs> 
hold for him to move and then channel positive energy. Okay, you're gonna ready in action. The pickle punk is up next. It leaps at you. Grip, it leaps at you. I'm gonna make a little acrobatics check here. Okay, good, 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 good. And then does a 23 hit your armor class? Yes. Okay, so it has to enter your threatened space, but because you have not yet acted in this combat, you can't get the attack of opportunity up, so you're probably just like flailing your hands as it leaps onto you. One point of non-lethal damage, and it is attached to you at the moment. Give me a fortitude save as the fluids begin to burn your skin. Uh, 13 on the die for a 20. You are just fine. Dora, you're up. Dora will move into the room and climb upon the table. Grip. So it's attached to me. It's so. attached to you right now. Am I, am I grappled? Like, what? how does that... So the way this works is, it is attached to you, but because it's so small, you don't suffer any of the penalties normally associated with the grappled condition, so... But if I want to if I want to attack it, do I attack it or do I have to try to disengage it? You can from attack me? it because you've got your fists. You can just start punching it. Well, yeah, I guess I'm gonna do that. Even though it will probably explode vileness on me, I'm gonna do it. Ugh. Uh, for a uh, fourteen hit. Huh? It's just a baby that you're punching. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This really is the horror adventure, isn't it? Uh, for seven points of damage. Oh, smash! It is bloody. You just, like, knock some of its foul, pre-grown teeth out of its mouth. I and... punch it right in the fontanelle. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll go back. I mean, Ray, yeah, your, your ready to action didn't happen. Right. It didn't move. But yeah, the I... thing did jump out. Hmm. Tell me what you're thinking Ray would do. We'll, we'll see well, how we can fit it in. Yeah, I, I feel like... The plan that Ray had was, I don't want this thing to die while it can splash on Grip and possibly hurt him. Yeah. But there's this flurry of action, and I'm nervous. Oh, great. You know? So I think I'm going to channel positive energy. Okay. So we're going to say that's your ready to action going off, and we'll move you in initiative before Grip. Go ahead and... Oh, so it gets a will save. Extremely low. Go ahead and... That's okay. I rolled a one. So it's attached to you, and bits of it are flying, and it's burning in your grip there, grip. And we're at the top of round two, Gulliver. <laughs> Half the party's on the table. <laughs> grip is attached to the rotting fetus. What do you do, Gulliver? Even though, even though Gulliver is, like, shaking from fear of this thing, his hands are still very quick, and he rapidly reloads his alchemical torch. Excellent. And fires again. Is that a move action for you? That is. Nice. Oh, and he's still so shook up with a natural four on the hole. <laughs> Keep tracking those bullets. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Ray, you're up. Oh, no, not anymore. The punk is up. Bites you, Grip. Uh, yep. That's another point of non-lethal damage. And make another save against the irritant. Yeah, that's higher than last time. Great. Dora, you're up. If I move next to Gull, yep. can I get a beat on it to try to throw rubble at it? You absolutely can, yeah. You'd be and about 20 feet away from it and rubble. very close to plenty of rubble. Well, then I'll try. Excellent. Um, Take that minus so four for firing into melee. I did this and I'm ranged, so it's a cumulative minus one. Uh, 16. 
you clock it with a rock <laughs> for two nice. points of bludgeoning damage. Nice. I did something, guys. It is just nice. barely blah, blah, <laughs> clinging to unlife. It Ray, must you're look up. so stupid. Grip, get it off of you and get away from it. Pretty fucking bossy, if you ask me. <laughs> Ready in an action to channel positive energy again. Okay. Grip, you're up. So just what would beat it to death? What would it what would it take if I for me to try to pull it off me and throw it? Like All in one smooth corner? motion. Is that poss- is that even possible? Not as a single action. You can make that grapple check to essentially flip the grapple around so that you've got it in your control, and then the next round you can make a, a combat maneuver check to sort of toss it. I've been kind of letting y'all do that because it's so small. It's right. so small. And what, so I don't know, I just, he said it explodes, so I, and Robert has forgotten what the explosion is. That's great. We, so so that, you're operating under the that same knowledge that Grip probably has. I don't has. think we know. That's, uh, we just know something happens. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that much of a forward thinker, so I'm going to hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out what happens. 14. Hit. Another 7. And it explodes. Explodes into a discorporation of fleshy sludge. Give me a fortitude save, buddy. 21. <laughs> Excellent. So the level at which this thing explodes, explodes in five feet in all directions. It's a supernatural meta explosion of grossness and foulness. And like as the air clears of this black sludge, which is running down Grip's face, Grip is like... No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unaffected, and the pickle punk is dead. Ray just throws his hands up. Why am I even here? Gulliver reloads. So we've got a the body of a doctor in the closet. Does it have a name on its coat? It does. It has the name Doctor Chawar. Mm. You want to search his uh, his corpse there? Someone should. I, absolutely. That sounds like it's up your alley total of 12. Okay, so what you do find, delicately cradling and propping up the collection of brains and fetuses on the high shelf, are eight doctor's lab coats without names that are in near-perfect condition. So if you ever, for some reason, needed to have a doctor's coat that wasn't covered in blood, wasn't ripped in half, wasn't diseased, it looks like these might possibly serve that purpose. I will take one, as I have just been wearing a hospital gown yes. for five days now. Excellent. And some gaudy pink boots with cat skin lining. Cat skin. Cat. cat. Yes, I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't enunciate that. Change every single okay. every image of yourself. Yeah. And then Gull, you find tucked into Dr. Chawar's back pockets six flasks of alchemist fire. It looks as though he had some sort of activity on his mind when whatever happened to him got him killed. Detect magic? No magic in this room. Heading back to the uh, administrator's office. Do we, like, check all the other rooms? You can make your way through those rooms. Detecting psychic significance. Yeah, nothing to discover in these rooms. That has not yet been found. Let's go to the office, then. Uh, Dora approaches Gulliver and says, Might I have a few of those? Oh, yeah. Sure. I'll take two. Two flasks of alchemist fire. And so we've moved ourselves up on the map. Looks like Grip is right outside the door to the doctor's office. And Ray is right next to him. Dora and Gulliver behind. Grip, you're going to open that door? Yes. 
End of chapter 14. (laughs) I figured. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Did we level? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.